blessings flow. And uh, truly, God is an awesome God. Now, on Wednesdays, we're gradually adding to our <clears throat> uh, format. We're going to have marriage classes on Wednesdays uh, taught by brother and sister uh, Deacon and sister uh, Hopkins and others. So we'll, we'll, we'll make some announcements uh, Sunday and we'll gradually add in some um, discipleship classes as well during the latter part of this month. And we are, again, excited at the prospect of Christ. Amen? All right, let's, let's, uh, we're, we're, we're in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And um, although I, I did not announce it, I'm going to continue on with um, relations, relationships, relations from a biblical perspective. And so um, Ephesians chapter 4, and um, I want to get through the uh, preliminary of our introduction, which bridges the gap, so to speak. Throughout the Bible, there's an intersection where God's righteousness and our relationships come together. And this is where we look to Almighty God for guidance, but we interface with one another for loving, a loving gratitude. And Paul the Apostle lays out a, a, a learning, a leaning, and a loving approach to our um, relationships. Some of the things which prevent us from a quality relationship are the pockets of pain that remains in our lives which paralyze us through our fears, fractures, and sense of futility. God needs to deprogram and then reprogram us with, and here's the three W's that I said every relationship must have. Godly wisdom. Godly wisdom. Godly, look up, look up. Uh, the book of Proverbs has three major foundations to it. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Three totally different Hebrew words, but they all encompass um, us a learning, if you will, uh, and we have to learn how to live. Let, let that one soak in. We have to learn how to love. We have to learn how to live. Uh, we have to learn. We have to be deprogrammed and then reprogrammed, and uh, not only do we need godly wisdom, uh, and that has to be applicable in our lives. I need godly wisdom, you need godly wisdom, because God gave no man, woman, or child an innate diet of wisdom. We learn from truth, and uh, then we need a work ethic to put it into practice, and, and finally, we need a sense of worship, and that's where we glorify God for what he's doing. Amen? So what I want to do tonight is look at this matter, and let's let's um, let's kind of let our guards down, and 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 let's let's look at the Word of God for what it really is, and and try to understand that uh, our sanctification is in fact progressive. That means it's in stages, and we make mistakes every day. Once you have separated yourself from the fact that you no longer are making mistakes, 
you are set up for Satan. We, we, we grow in grace, we grow in knowledge, we grow in wisdom. And, and, and I, I, was, uh, I was saying a couple Sundays ago, you can have heat but no light. You know, heat, heat is emotion. Emotion is a great thing. But if there's no light leading the heat, if heat is trying to lead the light, we got problems. Because we can be very passionate about things and be wrong. Right? Um, so, so, so one of the things we want to look at is this, this general progression, if you will. I, I have this, I'm going to read some excerpts from this, and I believe we got it off the internet. Let me, let me just read this. And I want you to listen carefully because this will serve as a bridge of sorts. It, it'll, it'll, it'll serve as an introduction to what I'm going into tonight. Emotions, and, and the name of this article is Emotional Baggage. Emotions reflect our inner feelings, whether we are happy, sad, or mad. God gives us emotions to be able to enjoy life. Emotional baggage refers to the areas in our lives where our emotions became tender and sensitive, resulting in negative thoughts, memories, and opinions that affect our perception of others, ourselves, and even God. Now listen. Let's face it, we all have emotional baggage. I, 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 I need to stop purposely and pause so that you don't exempt yourself from this. This is all of us. We got some emotional baggage. Um, baggage may come as a result of a bad relationship you were in, guilt over a situation we handled badly, or even something we had no control over that left us feeling extremely distressed. Emotional baggage influences our ability to love others and grow spiritually. Now, 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 now let, me, let me slow this up. The writer is saying if we have, and we do have, emotional baggage, and you know, we're good at masking what's on the inside. We smile, we we lie. We give people the impressions, oh, I'm fine. You're not fine. And the problem is we can't be honest because we were taught to lie. We were taught to lie. We were taught to lie to ourselves. We were taught to keep up an outer image, not to let people in your business, not to let people know what you're really feeling, what you're struggling with. You know, we, we were taught over the years how to manipulate our own sense of truth. Um, and this goes on to say that the truth is that regardless of whether you came from a good home or a very dysfunctional home, we all have some emotional issues which affect the way we interact with others. Uh, let, me, let me stop. By nature, I'm non-trusting. Trust is earned with me. I don't just meet people and trust them. You can forget that. That ain't happening. In fact, in the world, I tell you, I don't know you. You know, don't, you know, don't play with me like that. You don't, you don't know me. 
that would come out of my mouth to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you haven't earned the right to joke with me. Because, no, I'm serious. I, it's just, just the fact that, it, you know, because funny things are said, I mean, serious things are said in a funny manner. And you got to learn that too. See if you, ha, 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 this. Because, you know, people are taking, people are constantly shooting at you and they package it with a smile and a laugh and you, you know, you're not supposed to detect that. But, um, I'm, I'm non-trusting, always have been. I, after you get, after, after I, you know, after you warm up and uh, uh, after I get to know you, da, da, then, then things start loosening up. But I don't ever trust strangers. Ever. So that's my DNA. And you can say, man, you, you got some baggage. I could have told you that up front. You know, I look people in the eye, I'm read, I'm trying to read stuff, I'm looking at body language, I done read books on body language. You know, just, just, you say, well, you're saturated with fear. Well, thank you for your diagnosis, whatever you want to call it. But this is my self-protective device. It's called strongholds. We all have them. Are y'all getting this? So, by nature... I'm a non-trusting person. Trust is earned. And as I get to warm up and know you not, then, you know, trust her. But um, I don't know if I fully trust anybody. Fully, fully, fully. In other words, there's no possibility of you um, doing something against me. I don't know if I ever get that. You might get 99 and three-fourths percent, but there's always going to be a something left so I can say, yeah, I knew it all the time. <laughs> Another one bites the dust, what, you know, whatever. So, so that, is, that, that, that is a serious problem. And over the years, after I got saved, I had to just trust the Lord with my back. Trust the Lord with people. Are y'all getting this? So obviously, there were things that took place in my life that caused this non-trusting attitude. Are y'all getting me? Um, so my point is, all of us have a diet of emotional baggage that, that has been operating in us for years. We just disguise it. We put it away. Um, this article goes on to say, whether it is from a dysfunctional home or a good home, all have some emotional issues which affect the way we interact with others. We challenge, we're challenged to love others like Jesus, but our emotional baggage can make that very difficult, right? The words and actions of others often bruise our emotions. However, they are, uh, uh, there are other instances where our emotions have been totally smashed. As a result, we put our walls up. Here it is, our walls. We have walls, right? So uh, what color is your wallpaper? <laughs> we put our walls up. We withdraw from others. Now, look at the different ways we react to this. Some put walls up. Some withdraw. We withdraw with others. We act out in anger. We become fearful. We speak harshly to others. These emotional issues can be devastating and paralyzing as we attempt to relate relational 
with family, friends, co-workers, children, and mates. Are y'all getting this? How, uh, um, when dealing with two individuals who have a lot of baggage, but have not taken it to the Lord, they are more likely to allow small problems to become big problems because they are operating from a perspective of pain. On the other hand, two individuals who have given their baggage to the Lord and opened their hearts to healing from the Holy Spirit are more likely to deal with the same issue from a place of understanding, sympathy, and love. This allows two, both parties to concentrate harder on finding a solution to the issue. Um, I'm almost finished. The difference between a huge argument and a small disagreement will depend upon the attitude and actions of the individuals involved. That's interesting, isn't it? So then, what do we do, this article goes on to say, first, we need to take a realistic look at ourselves with the help of the Holy Spirit to identify and acknowledge our baggage. Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And uh, second, once you are aware of the areas where you are burdened emotional baggage, pray for the Lord's help to take away the lingering pain and open your heart to the healing. Third, leave all your baggage from your past and present it right at its feet. We have such a loving and merciful God that will pick up our baggage and transform it, is that word, into a powerful testimony. And... Um, so the questionnaire at the bottom of this article is, what emotional baggage are you holding on to? Secondly, have you asked God to reveal to you the emotional baggage you are carrying? And then third, have you prayed and asked God to take on your burdens and give you peace? Very, 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 very deep but true article. Very, very um, deep article. So. The reason I read that and elaborated upon that is because God gives us the principles of the word. But when the principles of the word are interfered with by our inner pain, we can't apply it. There's always going to be a push-off because of fear, fracture, and whatever. So, so let's, let's get down and dirty tonight. Let's, let's try to be honest with ourselves and figure this whole thing out. Um, that if we don't hurry up and get healed by the Holy Spirit, doesn't matter how many times you get married. You're going to mess each marriage up. Do I have a witness? Yeah. Y'all can get quiet all you want. Why? Because you're taking the same dysfunction, the same pain, the same... Uh, apprehensions, the same walls, the same issues into the next relationship. And some of us have found out the hard way from our own children that you got something going on wrong with you. So they don't want to come around you too much. Now that they're old and don't depend on you for food and clothing, they don't want to be bothered with you too much because they see stuff now more caught than taught and it hurts us. It pains us that the ones we love the most know most about us. 
Paul's in prison. Ephesians chapter 4 begins to give us some principles. In fact, the book, the book of Ephesians, real quick, first three chapters is about wisdom, the wisdom of the word. And the last three chapters is about work. First three chapters is about doctrine, last three chapters is about duty. Mm -hmm. So Paul says in our first area is the church, chapter 4, 1 to 16, but I'm going to call it the church, the new covenant, the covenant, the covenant. And look what Paul says, I therefore, therefore is a connective preposition that says there's something back in chapter 3 that laid the foundation for the therefore. I therefore, and what Paul is saying is, and this is interesting, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. Now, this word prisoner deals with the fact that he is a doulos, a servant. He's sold out for Christ. I don't run my own life. The Lord runs my life now. I'm a prisoner for the Lord. Now, now we take that for granted. We're not all prisoners for the Lord. We're prisoners for ourselves. I'm, I'm a prisoner for the Lord, I beseech you, I beg you, here it is, that you walk worthy of the vocation, and the vocation is literally the church, ecclesia, or covenant, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Interesting, he gives us, in verses 1 to 6, the grounds of unity. The grounds of unity. How do we keep things unified? Listen, disunity is easy. You cuss me out, I cuss you out. We disunify. We don't agree, we disunify. You get on my nerves, we disunify. Keep the unity, keep the unity, keep the unity of the Holy Spirit. And, and in order for us to keep the unity, whether it's in a relationship or in the church, it's going to require some work. He says... How do you keep the, this, this unity wherewith we were called? In verse 2, he gives us some grounds for keeping unity with all what? Loneliness. Now, when unity, when disunity takes place in your marriage, relationship with your children, somebody has acted out. You can't have two humble people and have a war. You can have a disagreement. You won't have a war. Are you getting this? <clears throat> you won't have us at each other's throat. If, if, if I'm a prisoner to the Lord, walking with the Lord, walking by faith, and we come to a juncture where something has taken place, God is a God of peace. And God's word will tell you, take the low end, take, take, take the low end, let them have their high end, but you're in my will. It, he, he says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, suffering long, forbearing, putting up with one another in love. You got to put up with one another. You mean I got to put up with this? Yeah, you got to put up with one another. Hmm. 
Everything's not going to go your way. It's a sign of humility when you can encompass room for others that you are diametrically opposed to or disagree with for the sake of peace. And then he says in verse 3, here's that participle ending in I-N-G, endeavoring painstakingly, even if it costs you pain, keep the unity of the spirit. It is never God's will for you to disunify. So when we read these principles that relate to the church, vocation, relates to uh, relationships and covenants, um, women don't want men stepping on them because God didn't take the man's foot and make the woman. He made the woman out of the man's side, a rib. She is to be by his side. He's not to step on her. She is to be by his side. And um, she's a compliment. She's a consolation um, to her husband. He moves from the grounds, verses 1 to 6, <coughs> to the gifts. Um, and, and, and the gifts of the Spirit essentially is to help us grow up. Are you with me? Look at verse 11. He gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastor teachers, one gift, for the perfecting of the saints. So if you don't know your spiritual gift, you're not helping to mature the body of Christ. The gifts that God put in you are designed to help somebody else grow. Nobody should be sitting. No, nobody should just come to church. Or, ah, we should be helping other, one another grow. He said, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body in Christ, and until we all come to this unified fullness in Christ. So he's dealing with this matter of a walk in unity. How do we handle disunity in our relationships? How do we handle it? How should we handle it? Because you disagree does not mean you're in sin. We, we just, we, we're just different. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? We're just different. Hmm. We think different. We respond different. We react different. Some of us play too much. Some of us don't play at all. When I first came here, I told the church, I said, I can't win. If I, if I kiss the sisters, he's fresh. If I don't kiss them, he's funny. They, no, I'm serious. That's church folk. I ain't never seen him kiss nobody. Something's wrong with him. I can't win. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. So my point is, how do we maintain unity, not uniformity, unity when all of us are different? And this goes not only for the covenant, the ruling covenant of the church, but our relationships. What, can I get a hand? What, what do we do when we don't agree? What, what, what are some good suggestions? Yes, sir. Learn to respect each other's opinions. Absolutely. Great. That's a great answer. Man, we're going to get you to the front row. You're growing, boy. <laughs> you, you're, 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 on the fourth, you're on the fourth row. We're going we're gonna to keep moving them up. Yeah, we got to learn to respect one another's opinions. 
And we're not always going to agree. That's, that's a great, who, who else? When you, yes. Oh, man, that's deep. Learn to be quiet and listen. Some of us, we got, we, we got to respond before they finish. I'm not finished talking yet. Yes, you are. Yes, Leroy. Respect one another's boundaries. Okay, you want to elaborate on that? Why not? Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. He ain't fulfilling. Yeah, yeah you're right, you're right. We, we, we don't need to be getting into the dozens and talking about one another's family. And, and, and the reason I say why, because we're going to get to that, boundaries is part of a covenant. When we make a covenant, we, we create some boundaries. Yes, Give each other space. Okay. So you're a space cadet, huh? Okay. I hear you. Give each other space. All right. That, this is good stuff. Now, let me go back to a hand. All right. Respect. We heard that. Listen. Keep quiet and listen. Um, what about this? I'm married to you, and it's, it's getting hot. And I say when I can get a word in sideways, I say, let me make sure that I'm understanding what you're saying. That's getting clarity because message sent is not always message received. Right? Um, it's good to play it back to a person and then let them repeat it so that y'all have clarity what's being said. Because sometimes out of anger, we can say a whole bunch of stuff. Right? So we got respect. We got uh, listen. Boundaries. All good stuff. What else, what else breaks unity uh, between people? Agree or disagreeing. On, on, on disagreeing. So what do you do when the two of you disagree? So while you're watching the game, she understands not to mess with you. I don't see nothing wrong with that. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say what? And she, and she should do something else. All right, that's fine. But how does that sound? How, how does that sound? Yeah, I, I mean, let's, let's, let's kind of empathize. How does, that, how does that sound? Yes, back here. Pardon me? Question yourself, okay, because you could be wrong. Yes. Yes. Listen, listen, here's, here's the whole thing. You got to learn all over how to love another person through disruption, distortion, and all the other stuff, dysfunction. You got, your objective is to keep loving that person and not let the sun go down on your wrath. Are y'all getting this? The objective, God's will, and, 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 and um, uh, there are some things, married couples, we will never agree on. It's, that's okay. But you don't have to turn that into a war. 
been times in my marriage where I say, well, we just, won't, we just won't ever agree on this. That means I'm not changing my mind for the sake of changing it. I don't need to do that. That's not, that's, that's not me being true. That's not me being true. I, 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 I can say in love and say, you know, well, uh, I mean, politicians like using these words. Let's just agree to disagree or whatever, if that makes you feel good. No, but there's some things we'll never agree on. Um, there's some things the apostles and the disciples never agreed on. Paul did not agree with Peter. Peter did not agree with Paul. Read the Bible. Um, they hated Matthew, and he was a disciple. So, in life, to keep the unity, we've got to eat some crow sometimes. Just to keep the unity. The God, God, God's principle is the greater part is my unity. Whatever you got to do to maintain the unity, do it. Take, take the low, take the low, yeah, let them talk about whatever, keep the unity. Because once the unity breaks, Satan has, Satan is in it. Because he's a disunifier. Are, are we are we understanding that? I mean, Kent, Kent is a great musician. Kent, I love Kent. Kent know me, and I know Kent. Kent know when I come out here on Sunday, I'm all about Jesus. I am not about you singing no solo or you playing Aretha Franklin with the mic or, you know, or you entertain. I ain't into that. It's about him. And once I feel the gauge is getting off of him, it's time to close this down. Because my whole purpose is that's his time. It's the Lord's day. It's to exalt him. So how do we reconcile these differences? He is a, a qualified musician and entertainer. How, not that he don't love the Lord. He loves the Lord. But how do we, how do we reconcile when we don't agree? Well, it takes it takes. It takes uh, it takes it takes a spirit of love. It takes a spirit of compromise. It takes, but 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 you got to keep the same purposes in mind. Our purpose is Jesus. Now, how we get to that, we need to talk about. Are y'all are y'all getting this? Um, he used to burn me up, man. Years ago, I'd be in the pulpit preaching, and the ushers would let somebody while I'm preaching walk all the way up the aisle to the front and sit down and distract everybody from the word. Well, why pass it get nine? Let them come to church early. They shouldn't walk up in here. Service starts at 11. They walking up in here quarter to 12. Want to come up front and get a seat. Get them out of here. Ah, oh, no, 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 no. Well, that sounds cold. Well, call me refrigerator. It ain't happening. I'm preaching the word. And just the part I'm preaching, Satan can snatch that word from you because you got the focus on the wrong part. Are y'all getting this? So, 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 so the whole thing is that unity in any kind of relationship is work. This work. Hmm. 
God. Um, Paul deals with the grounds, the gifts, and then the growth, verse 14, that we all, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the, uh, yeah, cunningness of men and craftiness by men whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So, so, so Paul says, no, 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 no. Our objective is to grow up people, grow up the congregation. They need to mature. But he tells us in verse 15, but speaking the truth in love. Now, how in the world do you do that? Speak the truth in love may grow up in him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So whether it's a covenant of church, whether it's a covenant of marriage, whether it's a covenant with your children, we, we need to adopt new ways of communicating and um, new ways of relating to one another. It's, it's a whole, it's like a child learning all over. It's, it's, it's like you learning all over how, how they eat solid food. Born again, you're a babe. We, we got to learn this thing all over. And it's, it's hard. It's, it's difficult. Um, now, if we still have pockets of pain emotionally before we got married, now there's an invisible nature, there, there's an invisible product entering into our reasoning. That's what makes this thing deep. There, there is something there that can put you on edge that the person not even talking about. Well, um, baby, listen, I like to go in the room and fold some clothes. Um, let, me, let, me, let me fix your dinner in about an hour, da-da-da-da. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that statement. But here you go. <clears throat> My father ate on time. Here we go. I worked all day. What kind of mess is this? So you're being agitated. Are y'all getting this? You're being agitated by wounds and pain that had nothing to do with discussion. Isn't that true? Stuff is true, man. What happened? 911, right? I, I don't know. I used to hate to get a beating at home because to me, you know, all right, I did something wrong and I'm going to get a beating for that. It didn't work like that. No, they didn't make you wait. No, no, no. My mother drew up. She called up a memory account of everything you did in the last three weeks. And so when she, and so, so when she started, <laughs> she started for one thing, <laughs> but you got whipped for everything. I, I, I mean, I, let, let's listen, listen. If I had to write a book, they was crazy. I love them, but they was crazy. How you gonna whip a child with an with a, with a ironing cord and a belt 
and they're stinging them and they whelped up and tell them, shut up. <laughs> you can't cry. You can't cry. Then after they finish you, and when your father gets home, what, what are you going to do? Now, 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 my mother come to the door, Raymond Butch, it's time for dinner. Come on, eat. One time. The second thing, our audience will get you hurt. She coming out the door now. And the last thing you want to do at 13 and 14 is get embarrassed with the little girls. They ain't had no problem beating you in front of people. So when I was raising my kids, I said, I can't do that, man. I can't, I can't, I can't do that. It'll destroy them. It ain't destroy them. No, fear is a good thing. See, we were scared of our parents. Talking about the, the fear. I ain't talking about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the reverence. I'm talking about we were scared. That stuff is deep. I, I, I boy. Oh, God, help me, Jesus. Mm. And little lady, a little old lady we used to call a witch in South Philly. She's, she's, she's sitting out the window. She old. She said, I'm going to tell your mother. I said, oh, Lord, here we go. But those were the days. I mean, you know, we had order. We had law and order. We had order. We had order. And, and, and uh, do I, now, at my age today, do I agree with all that? No. They would all have been in jail. I don't, I don't agree with everything, but I don't, I don't want to exempt everything they did because they had great purpose behind what they was doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I told y'all about the story in fact, when I had all them guys from South Philly come here years ago, two of the boys that came, two, two of the men that came in, it was about 15 of them. Two of them were two I was talking about. And it must have been in um, 66, 67, they had a dance over the projects in South Philly. And, and it was on a Friday night, you know, and eight boys came to my door, knocked on my door. Can Raymond Butch go to the party with us? My mother said, no, they're not going. And we, 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 we was inside pitching it. I mean, pitching it. We under our breath. I'll be glad when I get out of here. I'm sick of this. You know, we were teenagers. And the next morning, Saturday morning, my mother's at the door saying, oh, my God. And the two boys that came to pick us up, I don't know what happened. They killed a man, an old man, and they got 26 years in prison. Do you know me and my brother, we got 26 years? God put on my mother's heart to say no. And I, I'm, still, I'm still railing about that one. Still railing about that one. That um, God, God, God puts in, that's my fault, God puts in parents a discerning, a discernment. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean they're always right, but um, you got to listen to folk older than you. They've been there. Do I have a witness? And what I like about our parents, they weren't afraid to speak up. 
come, come here. I don't like that girl. Something about her. <laughs> Something about them I just don't like. Them. Oh, there you go again. We don't see those. Those were valuable things that have dissipated. That have dissipated. And then when I start passing this church, I start hearing all kind of stuff, and I, I'm shaking my head. I can't believe this. You know, well, my daughter of 15 is doing homework with her boyfriend upstairs in the bedroom and the door's locked. And they won't let me in. <laughs> what kind of mess is this? First of all, when I decided to bring a girl home, she came to the door, hello, Miss Ruth. And my mother said, sit down, we ain't gonna charge you nothing. She said, right here. That was it. <laughs> that was it. She ain't gonna nowhere else in the house. House is only this big. You know what I'm saying? How you gonna let a teenage girl Lock a door in the bedroom, not let you in and doing homework, and you call that love. Well, I got these are my war stories. All right, so walk, walk, walk in. You and and please and please, can you imagine? And here's the between the day and then. The day the kids will come up to you and say, "Mommy, you mean?" You don't trust me? And your answer will be no. No, I don't trust you. And, and if that brings trauma, go get some counseling. No, I don't trust you. I used to smoke Lucy cigarettes going to school, two for nickel. I'm in junior high school picking up two. two. If my mother and father caught me with them cigarettes, they would have killed me. I'm trying to act cool. So when I come home from school, if I had an extra cigarette, I said, I throw it away. I can't even hide this. Because at will, she just go through the drawers. How can you go in my stuff? It ain't your stuff. It's my house. I, I, I'm showing my age. Let's move on. Praise the name of Jesus. Um. And, and, and secondly, we move from the covenant to the clothes. Chapter 4, 17 to 32, he's talking about clothes. He's using this metaphorically about getting dressed in righteousness. Now, look at verse 17, because I'm going to, um, amen. In, in verse 17, it says, This I say then, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk, means live, Stop living as other unsaved people live in the emptiness of their heads, in the vanity of their minds, having the understanding darkened. That means the room is dark, lights are off. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness, here it is, of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness, kinky type of uh, sex, to work all uncleanness with greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. Now, one of the things that Paul begins to teach, he brings on an outside principle, taking for granted that we have the Holy Spirit on the inside and the 
the power on the inside helps us to keep the principle from the outside. Are y'all are getting this? And it takes time. This doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. That, that, that these principles, and this is principle-based teaching, these principles are that if I have an obvious weakness that's been with me for years, the, just, just the teaching of the principle is not going to move the pollution. It's going to take some doing to get this pollution out of me. I got to stay in truth, stay under the word. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. Who being past feelings have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all things. He says, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. And, and then he uses the metaphor of getting dressed. That's why I call the clothes. Put off concerning the former life, the old man. Now, let's stop. See, we run through this stuff. How do we put off the old man? How do we stop living the way we used to do before we got saved? Process here. Process here. How do, how do we stop living that way? Put off concerning the former life, old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of what? Your mind that you put on. Now, now look. Take off first and then get redressed. Put on the new man, new nature, which is after God in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put it away, lying. Speak truth to everybody. So Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is taking for granted that we can live and, 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 and perpetuate a lie and not even really be moved by it. Put away lying. So we start this self-examination. What lies are in my life? We all got lies in our life. What, what lies are in my life? What's in my life that I need to put away? I need to... You're asking God to put the spotlight on you. Notice the spotlight ain't on your husband and your wife. It's on you. Put away lying and speak truth with your neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry, but sin not. When you learn how to do that, call me up. I used to watch people with their kids, and I used to say, oh, this is funny. Johnny, this is going to hurt mommy more than it hurts you. But I'm not going to get angry with you. I'm going to do what I need to do. Real nice, soft voice. He said, well, I wasn't raised like that. <laughs> that octave is going up. Going to get called a couple names. He's going to get whacked. That's it, you know. So, uh, because the object of a parent is to break the child's will without breaking their spirit. See, abuse is breaking their spirit. You can break your child's spirit and they're no good for life. You're mean, you're abusive, you're taking away their personality as such, you're messing them up because you're bigger than they are and da-da-da, because they're getting on your nerves, because you don't have patience, you can destroy their spirit. My God. 
And I think a lot of us got close. All we got to do, Doc, is be in, uh, have one of them days at work. And, you know, uh, I knew when my mother and father was upset, I stayed away from them. I could just look in their face, nah, I ain't fooling with them jokes. <laughs> All this stuff is funny. Oh, it's funny. Ah. This stuff is funny, man. I got to laugh. Don't let the sun, verse 26, go down on your wrath. Don't go to bed mad at your mate, at your children. Somebody might not wake up. Then you're regretting. God forbid. Try to postpone or resolve issues. And you said you need space. So let's. Let's curtail this argument and let's pick it up at another time. Good night. I said good night. <laughs> I said good night. verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good just for the edifying of the body. Now, now, now this thing on communication, the Holy Spirit is still working with me. He had to work with me because, you know, I come from the hood and we just, you know, we just crack on people and say we're going to, and then even after I got saved, you know, we just still make cracks and, and sometimes the cracks are offensive to people and we got to make the we got to make the adjustments. We got to make the adjustments. Um, yeah, it's a lot of concentration. It's 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 a spirit of love, not to want to offend or break somebody's spirit. Okay, um, you don't come to church. No, you know, you don't come to church and walk up to somebody and say, "Oh, you gaining weight." You know, <laughs> you don't do that. That's trifling. Then the other person look at and say, your mother. <laughs> now y'all getting ready to fight. I mean, we, you, you, there's certain things you stay away from. There's certain things you just stay away from. Don't speak that which is offensive to people. Um, mm, my God. Mm. Anyway. Are y'all with me? Verse 30, and don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Now, in grieving the Holy Spirit of God is when God keeps saying something to you and you keep ignoring him and doing it anyway. 1 Thessalonians 5 talks about grieving the Spirit of God. Okay, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and 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 this is what again the metaphor of getting dressed I need to stay away from this stuff it's lethal I don't know why I married you I should have married somebody else see in heat is when stuff would come out it's not when you're in the movie and out to dinner you know not when you at Walmart 
is when the when the when is is when stuff keeps escalating, then you start hearing stuff that you don't typically hear. That means this person has opened up the cage and let the monster out. It only comes out when you're angry with each other. It only comes out when you're angry with each other. It only comes out when you're angry with each other. And it's not blessed assurance either. It's not praise ye him. Now, when I go and ask for forgiveness because I just laid you out, and you're saying, I forgive you, I'm lying and you're lying, because the stuff that was hurtful to you, you have not processed yet. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? And, 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 and once you tell me that I'm forgiven, the word forgiven means the release. Once you tell me that, God is now holding you accountable not to perpetuate that. Are you getting me? So, and, and, and we ought to forgive each other immediately. But let me think about it. Man, God, that ain't nobody. That ain't in the Bible. That's, you know, we got we to gotta, we gotta process through some of this stuff. And, 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 then, and then, you know, in heat, a lot of stuff comes out from the old nature. It's in heat, it's in heat, it's in heat, it's in heat. And um, um, we lose it. And now trying to rebuild those bridges are not as easy as it seems. Because you may have said something that really gnawed at that person's perception of themselves. So, so we got to kind of go back, and, and what he's saying is all anger, clamor, evil speaking, be put away with all malice, and then be kind one to another, tender-hearted. One of the things that married couples got to be careful of is living in the routine. Young couples don't worry about routine. If I just got married two months ago, I'm not living the routine. I'm still on the, I'm, I'm still in the discovery zone. <laughs> well, let me see if this works. Well, let, me, let, me, let me see. I'm in the discovery zone. When you've been married 20, 30, 40 years, routine comes easy. And routine is harder to break than the discovery zone. Because that's when you take each other for granted. Take each other for granted. You you really do. We we when when we get into the routine of things, it's almost like cold laws. We come, you know, we work, we come home, you do this, I do this. It's just take each other for granted. It's not. And communication breaks down at that juncture because we think we already know everything. And we don't. Um This, this thing that Paul is talking about goes back, verse 32, that Christ has forgiven you. Be tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, have forgiven you. And, and James says we all offend. That's in the book of James. We all offend. Every last one of us. We all, we all, we all, we all offend. 
I had people walk up to me in the mall and stores. Are you Pastor Gordon? Yeah. Oh, I watch you, man. But you know what? I got a question to ask. Okay, here we go. I had a situation happen to me, and after it was all over, I was fully embarrassed. Me, my wife, and my youngest daughter, summertime was on 15th and Chestnut, 12 o'clock noon, Friday, and they were walking ahead of me. I was walking behind them. And these two hoods turned a corner, and one of them went up to my youngest daughter and said, hey, baby, come here. And I walked up. He was a tall guy. I walked to the guy. I said, uh, I said, I said come here. You got a problem? He said, what? I said, you heard what I said? We was going. <laughs> my daughter, man. Don't talk to my daughter that way. He's making all these sexual sounds. Mm, yeah, I like that. So I went back to the street. So Sister Gordon said, you need to stop. They might have had a gun. I said, and I might have had a gun. <laughs> you know, but, but she was right. She was right. And so I started thinking, when, when the Lord put everything back in the, I got back in my car and started thinking, pastor of large church, <laughs> turn 15 for just not out. He's half dead, they half dead. I said, no, I can't do this. I felt, this is how I felt. I felt this way. If I'm walking with my wife somewhere, you don't disrespect my wife. How do we handle that, Leroy? Well, I want to be like Jesus. So as I walk, I'm looking for wisdom, right? To me, to me, to me and my upbringing, that was me being a man protecting my family. To God, that wasn't being a man. It was being sucked into something that could have got ugly. You got to use a lot of discretion, a lot of discipline. And you can't practice this stuff. It just comes up on you. You understand? It just comes up on you. And, and uh, <laughs> so I apologize to my, my wife, my daughter. But I felt like after I cooled down, what should I tell her? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not said anything. Those are those living examples that we have to be under the power of the Holy Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? And um, it was a teaching moment. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was a teaching moment. Um, but there's some things in life that I regret. There's some things since I've been saved that I regret. And, and, and God wants us to capitalize on them. He's not, he's not saying that anybody is sinless. He's saying that as we have these relationships, whether it's to your children, to your mate, in the church, that we have to let the principle become a practical walk. Are y'all getting this? We got to learn all over how to be tenderhearted, kind, how to treat each other. We got to learn all over 
how to put the other person first, how to serve, sacrifice, how to cover our wives, how to treat them with respect, how to talk to them with respect, how not to bring up issues from the past. All, all this is a work in progress as you, as you and I walk in Christ. As we get older, we walk in Christ. It's not easy. This is the practicality of this walk that churches don't teach no more because we get our examples from the culture. Are y'all getting me? That a young girl should learn how to be a lady. And you got people in church that say, I think that's corny today. You don't need to teach how to be a lady. Yes, we do. Teach young men how to be gentlemen. How to have a work ethic. How to be responsible. You make a baby, you take care of the baby. Do I have a witness? That privilege and responsibility merge. Are y'all getting this? This is all work in progress, walking in unity, walking in purity, and, and I'm going I'm to I'm stop the next Wednesday because I got, I got some more uh, uh, walking in love. Chapter 5 is major. How do you walk in love when you don't feel love? How do you walk in love when you have a problem with love? How do you walk in love when you don't think anybody loves you? So if there's a problem, Leroy, of pain from my past, it interferes with me carrying out this principle. So here's our prayer tonight as we close. Lord, if there's anything that, that is going to prevent me from carrying out your principle, heal it. Because I can talk about what husbands ought to do with wives all I want, but if they have pockets of pain, that the Holy Spirit needs to heal, then that needs to take place first. You can't love me if you don't think you're loved. You can't love me if you don't love God. You can't love me if you don't love yourself. And I can't love you. So what we're going to be doing in this, this little study on Wednesdays is we're going to search the scriptures for these, these, these pockets of pain and resistance that interferes with us carrying out the principles. And we do have them. I know I have them. I have them. Because growing up in South Philly, I was taught that a man is a tough guy. And tough guys bury stuff, don't they? Tough guys don't cry. Tough guys bury stuff. Tough guys, tough guys, tough guys. That's far from true. A real man and a real woman are people who are honest, transparent, and people who are willing to make changes so that their children, their mates, and other church folk feel gratified in love as they come in contact with you. Let's stay on our feet. If there's somebody here tonight that needs to be saved, just raise your hand. Jesus Christ, Son of God, wants to save you. Is there one? Just raise your hand. Or you want to join the church, raise your hand. Sunday is the second Sunday. We're having our buses go out. We're having discipleship. Uh, no new members orientation, discipleship. And picture taking will be postponed to the following week. How many of you acknowledge tonight that you may have pockets of pain? Raise your hand. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, bring healing to our historical and mental, emotional, psychological pockets of pain. 
which interferes and prevents us from loving others and being loved. And we thank you for the healing of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. See you Sunday.